Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to El Telejohn's La Liga Weekly. We've finally got some goals, 31 of them in nine games so far, including one by a guy called Aidan Hazard. Never have I seen a goal that good at that crucial stage of a game be treated with such indifference. Yeah, about time, mate. Under a million euros, he should be doing that three times a week. <laughs> Benzema got two despite having to deliberately miss the chance that Vinicius set up for him. Imagine the headlines. Uh, still, at least Real Madrid won at Barca. Sergio Busquets went the other way, and instead of kicking the ball into the goal, he passed to Griezmann, who was marked by five players. That should keep him off my back for a bit. Uh, but in a shock development, Griezmann was later reported spotted kicking the ball properly when confronted with a chance to score. The Frenchman's equaliser against ten-man Alaves gave Barca a point which took them three points clear of the relegation zone. So I don't know what everyone's complaining about. They're definitely not going down. Ah, maybe they should take a leaf out of the tactical playbook at Cadiz, who sit fourth in the table, three points off the top, despite, and I'm fairly confident that my stats are correct here, having only kicked the ball 26 <laughs> times so far this season. Yes, they won 2-0 at Abar with 28% of possession. Real Sociedad a top after a big win at Celta Vigo, unless you count on points per games, in which case Atleti. A top, but surely the game of the weekend was at Mestalla, where Valencia and Hetafe continued to prosecute their institutional grudge. There were 13 yellow cards, two of which were second yellows. There was a goal by a 17-year-old Englishman born in New York City who could play for Ghana or Italy, and then three shambolic late goals and a scrap in the back of the net in the hundredth minute, which is how all good football matches <laughs> should finish. Uh, Terry is here. Big news this week, Terry. Not Trump Biden, obviously, but the publication of my book. Uh, the 50 Football's Most Influential Players by Pitch Publishing, available at Amazon Waterstones. Uh, and hopefully I'm getting a big box delivered, otherwise I'll have the neighbours banging angrily on my door, having promised them uh, copies. I mean, literally literally the doorbell might go, Terry, in which case I'll have to go and answer. Uh, so, La Liga this weekend. Yes. So, actually, a good weekend, wasn't it? Unless, you know, obviously... Literally every time as a, as a football commentator, you have to qualify almost every statement now. <laughs> you know, so a good weekend, uh, but not for Barcelona fans, I'm afraid. Uh, shall we? Shall we start with Barca? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, because I, it's a, I don't know how to call this one because so are Barca negative that they couldn't beat ten man Alaves and are in the bottom half of the table, or is it a question of you know what that game could have gone differently with a little bit of luck and a little bit of better finishing here or there? <laughs> yeah, no, it sometimes lo- there is no logic in football. I mean, Barcelona had twenty five attempts on goal, 
Messi had 10 of those. Messi hit the target with five of his 10, and there was only nine on target in total from Barcelona. So, the, the, yes, the, 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 the clear evidence, the clear logic is they're nowhere near efficient enough in front of the goal. So I think that the, the big problem for Barcelona in that game was they, they wasted half of football. The first half yeah. was too slow, hence the changes made you know, by um, Koeman at halftime to try and just basically liven his, his starting eleven up. So that was the problem. It was that they played so well against Juventus, you know, and just whether you thought they were patting themselves on the back and everything was going to be, you know, the, the, a smooth road ahead. They wasted the first half against, I have to be honest, one of the poorest teams in La Liga this season in Alavis. So I think it was a, it's a huge result. It's a, a massively disappointing result for Barcelona. The second half performance I actually enjoyed. Um, I loved um, the young player at the back. Obviously, I have to qualify that by saying he didn't have to do any defending. Mm. And it, it took me back to my younger days and, and, and comparing it to modern day football where we talk about players bringing the ball out the back. <clears throat> yeah. And that was a, a real old-fashioned European-style sweeper player, you know, where you saw the players in the past that, that run out of the back from centre-half with possession and took it into midfield and dribbled, dribbled past an opponent or played a one-two and continued their run. So, Matthias Zammer, Terry, yeah, remember? Yeah. Beckenbauer, there was, you know, the Germans, yeah. the, 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 the Dutch had their own versions of it as, as well. And we talk about playing out the back now, and I don't, I can't recollect anyone doing that now, centre-backs. No, they pass out from the back now, don't they? Yeah, lots of square passes, and it just took me back, and I thought, wow, that you, the libero, the sweeper. You know, it, used to, it sometimes was the best player in the team, wasn't it? Yeah, well, certainly Beckenbauer yeah, yeah. and Zammer, Yeah, And that was how they ended up being able to play that role. They were the most comfortable on the ball. They could play midfield. They could play anywhere. So they were played in the centre of defence between two central defenders and running out the back and the young did that brilliantly. So I think that's something actually might be a positive that they could use in the future. I'm not for one second describing Frankie de Jong as a centre-back because he was lucky against Juventus. He was lucky against Alaves that they didn't play anyone because they were down to 10 men and they were hanging on for the 1-0 lead. He didn't have anyone to mark. I wouldn't like to see him marking someone. But as a sweeper... Playing in between, you know, PK and Longley or Lumtiti, it that could work in the future for for Barcelona. So that was a plus for Barcelona. Um, and in the second half, I thought they they kept the ball. It was attack versus defence, wasn't it? It was against their their them against Alaves in in the around in and around the penalty box. Alaves defended heroically. Um, the goalkeeper Pacheco had the, the game of his life. Um, so that that is that's why it's hard sometimes. Logic tells you in football that. It's illogical sometimes, you know. Yeah. You, you, Cadiz, you mentioned in the intro, it wasn't logical that they won their game and, and continued to win games with barely touching the ball. So it's uh, that's why we love football. If it was boring and repetitive and predictable every game, then it wouldn't be half as much fun. So it was a disappoint, hugely disappointing result for Barcelona. They have to start scoring more. Um, they have to start taking their chances, and uh, I think Koeman has to come up with some sort of settled formation in midfield and up front um, to make sure. He makes some, some strange choices as well regarding the substitutions. I think the biggest one was Fatty coming off for, for Braithwaite, uh, when Fatty clearly was their biggest hope of, of scoring the winning goal. 
Uh, here's another question for you, Terry. Is Lionel Messi paid by the minute? Why, why, why will the guy not rest ever? Uh, that, he's one of a few players that, that are able to tell the manager mm. when they should rest. Uh, at his age, uh, in this unusual season where we're cramming in a season into, you know, a few months less than, or a couple of months less than it should be, yeah. um, is he looking, because he's looking a little jaded, isn't he? Does he not just need to to rest? You know, you would think they were, you know, they should, in theory, be able to beat Alaves comfortably and rest for, for other games. But he's never wanted to, and it's always worked for him. And so I understand it's a it's a brave coach who says to him, "Have a rest." But I don't know when you're looking at that. Do you not think just give it a rest sometimes? But it's interesting, Messi, because I mean I've literally on pretty much every podcast, every TV program that I've been on, every game I've commentated on, said that he is amongst the best players in the world, possibly the best player in the world. And you know I've said that on a weekly basis. But I actually think he's playing poorly at the moment. And you know if there was anyone to take off at the weekend. It would have been messy, but you you cannot you cannot do that because you know in ten, the last ten minutes he could possibly get a hat trick. So understand Kuman not making that change. But I have to say, and and I'm looking at the messy the performances of Messi. We were worried about his attitude, or people were, were, were you know interested in his attitude after what happened you know in the in the, the close season. His attitude is perfect. He looks to be you know with full of enthusiasm. This is what well, I think. This is plain and simple. He's actually going through a, a spell of lost confidence in front of goal yeah. because you saw how he celebrated the penalty against Juventus. He, I mean, he celebrated. It was a, it wrapped the game up to win two 0 But he had countless shots in that game where he didn't score and the goalkeeper made saves. And it's just he it looks almost like he's trying too hard now. And you know, in the past where we've seen just pass balls into the goal past the goalkeeper, he's, he's, he's hitting everything a touch harder to try and make sure. And he just looks a little bit anxious in, in front of the goal. So, you know. I wonder whether, uh, this is amateur psychology, which for which I apologise, uh, I wonder whether he put pressure on himself yeah. with what happened in the closed season, you know, with calling out the, the president, you know, and you know, contributing to the president going, um, whether then he steps back on the pitch and feels... You know, for for a man who's contributed, you know, uh, a, a countless amount of yeah. goals and brilliance and trophies over the years, um, that that he's finally, as you, as you say, just starting to think about things. Whereas, you know, he's, he's acted so instinctively for for so long. Yep, and even with the dribbles, I was going to come to the dribbles as well. He's too many uns- unsuccessful dribbles as well, where he's yeah. con- he's trying to run through the middle of a pack defence, and he, he don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it because in in that unsuccessful dribble, he'll beat two players like no other player can. Yeah. But he'll get to yeah, the third yeah. and perhaps he should lay it off and he's he's looking for the shot and he's losing possession of the ball again. So I, I think it, it will settle down. But I think the good thing for Barcelona fans is he's not sulking. That isn't the reason. He's trying his hardest, possibly too hard. And as you said, he's, he's overthinking things at this stage in his career and taking on the responsibility of what happened in the summer, the fact that some big names players have left Barcelona, the fact they haven't had the greatest of starts of the season. It's, a, it's just all, all piling up on him. But uh, I think that the worry would have been if he'd come back with the wrong attitude, but he hasn't. So if you're not watching Spanish football and you're reading about Messi not scoring goals, you might assume it's because he's come back with the ump. But that isn't the case. I think he's he's trying he's he's done this to to make sure that Barcelona win, that he scored goals, that he's the leader of the team. But I have to be honest, 
there are too many unsuccessful dribbles, too many unsuccessful attempts on goal. And it's not the messy in the final thirds that we've seen for 16 and a half years now. So I'm uh, sure it'll come back. And it only just, it, it's, it's become, in, in terms of confidence, like any other player. He needs a, yeah. a worldie from open play um, or a tapping to do. And, and it could be in that game, if he scores in the first 10 minutes, he could go and get four goals in that match. And then we see the Messi scoring, you know, pretty much every week, scoring a couple, scoring threes. Um, but at the moment, he's finding it tough to, to get that little edge um, in terms of confidence of what he's always had for, as I say, 17 years nearly. Uh, before we leave Barcelona, Terry, we uh, Neto will be delighted that we haven't discussed oh, the yeah. the Alaves <laughs> yes, goal. I mean, you know, bad things happen in football matches to good players, don't they? But what a monumental mess. I mean, PK shares some culpability for the lack of communication. But then Neto looked like a kid who has never played football before suddenly being put into the school team. Yeah, no, it was... I mean, I have heard... Uh, People blaming PK. He didn't put too much pace on it. So, at worst case scenario, touch and clear it or clear it first time. But if you look at what Neto tried to do, he tried to control it. He tried to then do a little bit of a skill, dipped into his box of tricks and it didn't work. And Leo uh, Rioja just couldn't believe his luck. His first goal, that is at professional level in, the, in La Liga. And he's never going to score an easier one. So, that, that goes back to the beginning of this debate we were having about Barcelona, about no logic in football. How do they spend Barely had an attempt on goal, and they scored a goal that was really gifted to them. So, worst case scenario, should have been a nil-nil for Barcelona. They did eventually score, and probably should have won. The, the worst case scenario then is, is a one-nil victory, and we're then looking at oh, where they've slipped up and this and that. But the fact they gave away such a ridiculous goal, it just about sums up their their fortunes at the moment. But uh, I think Pedri was good again, wasn't he? Trinkel did all right when he came on as well, and you know I think that uh, Pjanic looks like he's Probably, if I'm being honest, and it, it's tough for me to say because I've always been a big fan, he looks a better fit at the moment than Busquets. Yes. Now, uh, thank you to all our Patreons. That Busquets brings us on to that because we had a longer discussion about Busquets uh, on Friday. You, you can go, you can go and listen to that one for free. You can actually watch us if you if you really want to see us in vision uh, on the Patreon page. So it's patreon.com, so like Patreon, but with an E, uh, and then slash LTEL. Um, now, some of our very generous friends are paying money in, and we will make most of those, uh, put them behind the paywall, if you like. Uh, but we are sticking stuff in there for free at the moment because we want you to to get a taste of, of what we're doing. So there's a longer discussion uh, on the Patreon page that we did on Friday about Busquets, about his, his uh, place uh, in the team, what he's contributing to Barca and how uh, you might try and how Barca might try and sort out a player who's been such an important player for them uh, for so long. Uh, let's move on, Terry, and discuss Real Madrid. So we obviously we're talking Real Madrid on Friday as well, and it wasn't such a happy story, but a, a comfortable win against Wesca and just a, a blessed relief to see Aidan Hazard starting a, a football match, playing well, scoring a goal, and, and then he, he sort of... It was... When he scored that goal, the react, the lack of reaction struck me. He didn't really celebrate. Uh, Zidane was <laughs> didn't really celebrate, and it was almost a, a taste of what we haven't had from Hazard because they basically paid hundred million for him. They could have had him for free if they'd waited a year, and he spent most of last year uh, battling various injuries. But uh, there we are, Hazard uh, on the score sheet, Real Madrid winning. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it talk about the game first of all. I mean, they yeah. they made hard work of it until the fortieth minute when Hazard out of nowhere, um, showed the skill that we know 
he is capable of, and he turned that game. And then they get second just before half time from a, a good finish from Benzema. Huesca's resistance was was shattered, and there was no coming back from that. I mean, it was tough enough as it was, but for the first 35, 40 minutes of the game, Huesca threatened with Rafa Mir. Um, Real Madrid found it hard to break them down, and it took that piece of brilliant skill, individual skill from Hazard to, to break the deadlock. From then on, it was comfortable, and the 4-1 win was was probably warranted by Real Madrid in the end. So, but it was it was strange. I mean, to for Hazard not to celebrate that goal at all, it was almost like one of those ridiculous ones where we see a player scoring against his former team and refuses yes. to celebrate. Um, I know there's no supporters in the stadium. We get a false sense of there are because it, it looks the, the stuff La Liga TV and La Liga have done is is good with the noise and the the the, the fake crowd, but it is an empty stadium. So I, it was it was strange. Um, how he's, well, I say celebrated, didn't celebrate the goal, but it was yeah. it was pleasing to see him back so quickly. Actually, I think we have to say as well, um, considering how long he's been out, um, to recover his form as quick as he has, and and I thought he was terrific at, at the weekend, and and that's a huge plus for Zidane that his best run three and now fit and available. Still think there's better to come from Asensio as well. I think he's taking longer to get back into his stride. But those three should be a threat to any defence in, in La Liga and in the Champions League. Uh, this is and this is not a cod psychology program, but when you um uh when you look at Hazard, I'm I'm gonna do it again, Terry. I I'm the the trouble with that lack of celebration, I, I'm wondering whether he's just he's overthinking too much and he's thinking, I can't celebrate because I know that, you know, I don't want to make out that, you know, I've been a success when I haven't been a success. All of that you mustn't think about as a footballer. Must you, you know, it, it's okay to be an intelligent footballer to think about your game, but what you don't want to start doing is doubting yourself because it's not the arena for that, is it? It's not the arena for someone to be, you're not a poet, you're not there being introspective and, you know, who could I have done this? You know, it, it is, it's an arena for action. You're a gladiator when you're out there, aren't you? And you just, you know, you can't have any second thoughts. You can't have any self-doubt if you're going to be, if you're going to fulfil your potential as a footballer. No, and what I found interesting from it, John, was that it was the instinct, an emotional instinct. Yeah. You know, he didn't, it wasn't planned. He didn't think, you know, it wasn't a ridiculous one of these ridiculous celebrations that players planned. He just just turned away. It was there wasn't even a smile on his face. So that that mm. that's that's hard to. It, so the, the emotional instinct I would have thought would have been one of relief that he's playing again. He's yeah. been criticised because his form wasn't good in amongst the games that he has played, and then to score a worldie like that was a great goal. I mean, the way he turned and dropped his shoulder, rolled the defend, rolled the midfield player, and struck it from distance and the, the keeper had no chance of making a save. It was a, it was a brilliant goal. You would have thought, even if it'd been ang- showed anger, you know, and you showed that anger, pent up frustration, um, or you run around deliriously celebrating with your teammates because you, you're relieved. Um, but it was just a, it, there was, I was, I, I actually sat here and thought before it was mentioned on television and before it's read, mentioned in the papers, my instant reaction was celebrate, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> show yeah. some emotion. Um, it's been a, 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 over a year since he scored for Real Madrid. He only scored one goal last season. Um, so I was surprised. It, it, it does take some thinking of you know why he reacted emotionally like that. Uh, did you see who scored the winner for Spurs? I'm sure you did. No, I, 
Don't. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Who made it as well? <laughs> uh, well, we've no idea, have we? Because nobody knows who Sergio Regalon is. So it's just some bloke who plays left back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure I could imagine. I mean, it, it, they're not fast in, in Madrid because Real Madrid won at the weekend. Um, yeah, I could imagine if it, it would have been a different story if Real Madrid had the beat in Huesca. Um, then we might have heard more of it in, in Spain, but they're happy with their result. They're happy that Gareth Bell's no longer being paid all of his money by Real Madrid. Um, yeah, just a couple of hundred thousand a week. Yeah, yeah, and they're happy they got a few quid for Sergio Regulon. But it, it's an issue. The, the right back is an issue at the moment. They need Carvajal or Drizola back again. Lucas Vasquez picked up an injury at the weekend. They ended up with Ferdinand Mondi playing at a right back. So. That's an issue going into the Champions League this week that needs resolving. So, but it, by and large, it was a, a, a complete performance by Real Madrid. I mean, even I said that, that they weren't at their best for, until the first goal. They didn't concede, you know, mm, and that's yeah. that's the difference. That's what's made. That's why they won the league last season. That phenomenal run, even when they weren't playing well, even at the start of this season, they weren't conceding too many silly goals, giving away too many chances. And that again was that at the weekend they they took their foot off the gas when they allowed Ferreira to 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 score and but there was never going to be a comeback from Huesca. Uh, we are showing our big club bias, of course, Terry, because top of the league, of course, uh, Real Sociedad, and, and we we probably should start with them, but we we didn't, did we? Uh, and again, I know they're a little bit up and down, Real Sociedad, aren't they? But they do play some. Uh, lovely football when they get going. Uh, David Silva with a, a cheeky little header. Ayatabal scored. Uh, William Jose got a couple, both made by Porto. Um, obviously, uh, Celta Vigo, Oscar Garcia, we've, we've discussed before, haven't we? I think uh, uh, Oscar Garcia and his, and his sort of quite favourable write-up that he gets, considering when you look at Celta Vigo, um, what they're like. Uh, so, you know, big win for, for Real Sociedad, top of the league. Massive win for Real Sociedad, and they toyed with Celta Vigo. It was it was that bigger gap between the two teams, and and Real Sociedad. I mean, what they've done in recent seasons with the amount of players that have come through the youth system, and it appears now almost every game a new one's turning up. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a, there was another one last night. Aritz Arambari come on a, a right back, and he's in a right back, and he looked everything the perfect right back should be. And they yeah. said, no, he's preferably a central midfielder or a defender. And there's this, you know, there's a rotation of three or four young central holding midfield players, and and they're missing. They've missed Yara Mendy for a year now, and and yeah. with all due respect to him, a player that people know I like, he hasn't been missed because you've got Zuba Mendy, um, Zeldua, uh, Guevara. Um, now suddenly seeing Guridi has come into the team as well. They're resting people like Marino, who was unavailable last night. Um, whoever plays on the wing does a good job. Baron Nachea. I actually went through it the weekend and, and made a list. Cause what I think is an interesting issue, sorry, just going off track about Ralph Sossidad, but it kind of comes back to them, is the amount of young players we're seeing. And, yeah. and I think Baron, Baron Achea at 18, he's not going to get the publicity of Antu Fati because he's, Fati's playing for Barcelona and probably doing better and playing regular. But Andy Baron Achea at 18 is some player, you know. And with all those young players at Ralph Sossidad, he could be... The one, I think. So, what is? Tell us about him. Oh, he's he's lightning quick. He's he's strong enough at eighteen, um, you know, to cope cope with playing physically. He can play an either wing. 
And and I, I just every time I see him play, little bits. He he, he played, started the game. He looks like a twenty six year old in terms of his maturity and the way that he plays the game. But he's got that individual talent that can beat opponents and make beating opponents look easy. So I think, and I, it got me thinking about the amount of teenagers that we're seeing in La Liga this season. And I started writing down the list, and he was one of my first names because I think he's one of the best ones. But it's hard for him to break into the team. It's probably harder for him to break into the team than it was Fatty at Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Because Fatty got his opportunity. Do you remember there was there was another youngster playing last season as well, wasn't there, at the beginning? Sergio, was it Perez? Carlos Perez? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carlos Perez, yeah. That's all they had, wasn't it? Those two in Griezmann. Yeah. Everybody else was injured, ill or whatever. Um, so Fatty got his opportunity and took it. For Baron a chance to get a regular starting position, it's really, really tough because you've got... Really, you know, top quality players. Paul Two has been brilliant. Yanazai has been good. Of course, Ayazabu on the other side. So they, they just keep bringing through these young players. But I looked at Brian Hill, teenager. Rodrigo um, at Real Madrid. Fatty, Pedri, Desta, Barcelona. Baron Achea. They even, um, Alavis had a sub. Thomas Tavares came on the other night, 18 year old. Mm. Looked really good at 18. Kubo's a teenager. Um, Yunus Musa will come to him later. Javi Lopez at Alaves has been good at left back. Kang In Lee, Borja Science at, at uh, Alaves. It's there's so many teenagers playing. But in my opinion, I, I want to see more of Baron the chair. So it's pleasing to see him get the start. And and Real Sociedad. And then you know Paul Two comes on. He was rested, makes a couple of goals. Winning Jose is amongst the, the goals. Sanyan uh, looked look good at the back as well because we haven't seen too much of him because it's normally El Estondo and Robin Lennon. Um, whether it's Monreal or Munoz playing a, a, a fullback or Gorosabal's another young one, that they, they are, a, you know, a, a, they're a must-watch for me now. Real Sociedad and classic header from David Silva, who saw that coming, drifted into yeah. the box. He'd just been floored up the other end of the pitch. He got up limping, and Celta ignored him, and he was involved in the build-up, drifted into the penalty area, and then gets up there and, and scores a, a brilliant-headed goal. But they were brilliant, Real Sociedad. So, Celta, I, I have no idea how they see them because we all look at it and think, is there that much a difference in terms of quality between Celta Vigo and Real Sociedad? I think there is a gap, but not to the extent that Real Sociedad were able to toy with them. Um, rest players, take players off, took Oyuzabo off at half-time and still win with, with ease. So big, big problems at, at Celta Vigo. Uh, Osasuna one, Atletico Madrid three. So as I say, Terry, on on goal, uh, sorry, points per game, uh, Atletico are top because they've got games in hand over Real Sociedad. Uh, Jean Felix got two more, even though he, he hit the post with a penalty as well to go with his two in midweek. Torreira got another one. Anti Budimir for Osasuna. Uh, how are how are Atleti looking? Oh, very good. Um, they'll be annoyed they considered that goal. I was pleased to see Budimir back because Osasuna had been ravaged by injuries. I mean, we know mm. about Chimi Avila. Caleri was brought in. He's long-term injured now. Budimir was brought in. That was his first appearance. He's been injured. Um, Ari Dani Hernandez. They've got other centre-halves injured. It's, it's been a tough little period for Osasuna. Everyone knows how difficult it is. I always This game, I always know that Atletico are going to match Osasuna for work rate. And then the quality, if they show the quality... That will be enough to get them the win. That's not always the case with the big clubs. 
they don't match the work rate of Osasuna, that attitude of Osasuna. But Atletico yeah. do. And he tinkered around with the system. Juventus started wide on the right. Correa started up front with Jao Felix. I think it was about half an hour in. They swapped positions. And immediately, both players looked better. And Atletico looked better. So once Juventus was up front with Jao Felix, the pace, the skill, um, the speed of the Atletico attacks took on a different trajectory. And Correa also improved when he played wide right. They even had the luxury of Torreira coming on, scoring the third goal with a great finish. Um, it was a, an excellent performance. Able to rest Luis Suarez. And going back to your point about Messi. And Atletico looking in good shape. Trippier played better as well. Uh, and pleasing to see Simeone, I would imagine, for Jimenez to be back. So they're, yeah. they're going all right. They've put the defeat against Bayern to the, the back of their minds now and, and, and look in good shape. And this so, this has to be. They have to be. I know the question you're going to ask. They must be candidates this season. Yeah. They must be. Because they're not going to yeah. throw away goals. They're not going to give away too many points. Um, the difference, can they make the difference from last year where they drew too many games on the evidence so far this season that appears to, to be the case yeah although the points they dropped were in a couple of nil nils weren't they but yeah. uh yeah so but we have we've got to november and the title race is wide open at the moment isn't it so that's that's good um let's have a let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. These these adverts don't make us an awful lot of money, by the way, but I think it comes with um, the audio boom, which and we don't want to move because that's where we are, and, we, you, and you know uh, where we are. But if you if you if you want more content, then it's patreon.com uh, forward slash ltel, and then we are going on there and doing because the the games are coming so thick and fast at the moment. We're basically doing an end of the week roundup of what's happened in Europe and and who's resigned and et cetera uh, at the moment. So we'll be back obviously doing that later uh, as well. But we've got the whole of the rest of the La Liga weekend, including that, that crazy conclusion at the Mestalla. And that will be coming in a few minutes time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, welcome back. So patreon.com slash LTEL if you want to get some more stuff and pay us some more money, basically. That's, that's, that's the deal. Uh, Valencia against Hetafe. Somehow this has become a kind of grudge match um, for a reason, it's it's just the way it sort of turned out, isn't it? I think it's just literally the the personnel, the people involved in the two clubs a couple of years ago, and the, the bitter yeah, games uh, they've had. So there were thirteen uh, yellow cards, two of which led to to reds. Uh, Musa scored the the first goal, who I was referring to at the beginning, the seventeen year old. Interesting uh, background, isn't it? Because he's he certainly travelled around, or his family have travelled around a lot. So he got the first goal, um, and then. And then this is so Valencia, isn't it, that uh, there's a shambolic, uh, either a Cucho goal or a Gabriel Paulista own goal, depending on how harsh you want to be. And then another slightly shambolic goal for Angel, about five minutes into added time, if I remember rightly, to put Hetafe two up. But then, so you think that's done, but then 
they launched the ball uh, long into the penalty area, needlessly conceded penalty, I thought, Terry. And then uh, Soleil, oh, yeah, Soleil gets the, he, he keeps his head, doesn't he? Scores a good pen, all mm. finishes off with a big brawl over the loose ball in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> in the 100th yes, minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a terrific game. It goes back to Marcelino, doesn't it? The Valencia manager and, and Borderless. Yes. That got started it, and now it's just a kick up every time they play each other. And despite Valencia's team being much changed, um, they still had that retained that aggression. People are going at Hatafe now though with a bit more aggression, aren't yes. they? Yes, yeah, yeah. They know what they're up against, and they're trying to match it. So I think that was the biggest reason in this game. Younger, you know, not not a familiar looking Valencia team. You know, much changed from recent seasons. It does look like Condogbia is going to be leaving as well now to to go to Atletico Madrid. But I thought Valencia showed grit, determination, spirit, not enough quality by a million miles. Um, but it, it was a it was a terrific game to watch, particularly the last 10 minutes of the game when Atafe made loads of substitutions, lost the shape of their team completely, playing against 10 men um, and were just chucking everything at, the, at it they could. There was, there was a few silly red cards at the weekend. Correa's was a silly one as well, wasn't it? Booked for a foul um, and then put in an opponent's jersey on the halfway line when it wasn't even a counter attack. Uh, one of those cynical, uh, what they call they call it now, tactical fouls. Yeah, but that wasn't tactical, was it? Fifty six minutes gone, no. I think, wasn't it? And he exactly, yeah. and we see that, and people go, oh, "He's took one for the team, tactical foul." No, it's it, it is what it is. You, you're cheating. Yeah. You've been beaten. You put a shirt. You deserve the yellow card. So to do that when you've already been booked was ludicrous. And Hatafe just kept going, didn't they? Chucking on more attacking players. Um, losing defenders, willing to take off, you know, players at the back and put more players in attack. And just when you thought they'd won it with the, the two goals, Aaron Barry had a great strike, didn't he? That, that, that Dominic should have done better with, I thought. I know it had lots of power on it, but if he deflects it over the crossbar, deal with the corner. Mm. But he, I'm not sure what he was trying to do. He got two firm hands on it, yeah. didn't he? Parried it in the scramble, it goes in. Um, and a similar goal with Engel after the, the sub uh, Abdullah hit the post. So to get then get kick off and Valencia just for the first time it's something they should have done more with Maxi Gomez. He barely had a cross to attack. They barely played the ball long to him to hold up to get them up the pitch. When they had no choice, they launch it in the penalty area. Jenny and Damian Suarez between them tangle with Maxi Gomez, whereas the ball is going away from goal. They should have done. Their utmost to keep their hands off him, yeah. yeah. Because time was running out. It was he wasn't going to score from that position. It was a long, hopeful punt in towards the penalty box. He might have been able to head it down back across goal, but it was always going to be hard. And for them to both lay their hands on him and fall over, and the three of them fell in a heap, didn't they? Gave a referee a chance of giving a penalty, and it was a referee. Who, quite frankly, I thought lost control of the game. Difficult game to referee. But he did lose control. Demin Suarez wasn't leaving, was he? And he got <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean, it was all a ploy to delay the taking of the, the penalty in which Carlos Soler took extremely well. Um, and I thought he played well again. Um, but the big talking point has to be the goal from Eunice Musa. Brilliant. Goal of the weekend, clearly. Um, a one-man counter-attack, yeah. wasn't it, from defender corner? Yeah. Um, that's how it was described in commentary. And it was. It was a heady clearance from a corner and he has a touch halfway in his own half. Knocks it away from Maximovic, who's never going to catch him. Poor defending in the fact the other defender, I'm not sure, can't remember who it was. Um, I think it might have been Oliveira. He should have cut across to stop Musa just running towards goal unopposed. 
but I think he was worried about another player that was joining up with the attack and neglected Musa. And then at the end of it, the, the composure to finish the way he did was was brilliant. So it was a great game of football. You don't want to put too much on Musa, do you? Because he is only 17. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to watch his development. Yeah, and also the positional change that I'm led to believe there is because he essentially is a central midfield player. Yeah. Um, but the, as so often happens, you know, players at that age are introduced into the team into a wider position, um, less responsibility, um, less important, I have to be honest, sometimes. And But I think in, in, in the future, it does appear that his number one position is central midfield. So if he can replicate that sort of run from midfield, the box-to-box, we've seen the box-to-box energy he's shown, the, the, the amount of distance he covers during the game. Technical skills are good enough, strong enough as well. So it's a, it's a coup, I think, for Valencia to have picked him up and to be, you know, shoving him in the first team and playing him. And he's he's flourishing there. It's a, a looks a, a really, really top class prospect. Yeah, and knowing Valencia, they'll sell him on the on the cheap to some other team. Uh, sorry, cynical to take. Sorry. No. Uh, when you look at the starting eleven now compared to what it was, although there are some players mysteriously on the bench, I have to be honest. Um, I know Guedes hasn't been playing well, but he's on the bench. And Kevin Gamero was on the bench. So the likes of Kangin Lee and, and Musa Cherishev played last night. That was a said in the past. They've still got three, about 14, 15 senior pros. Mangala was back on the bench last night. Um, so it, it's... It, well, they're not going to be challenging for Europe. That's yeah. the, the bottom line. Um, right, let's 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 crack on. Um, right, so explain for me. Um, we'll have to do it relatively briefly, Terry. How Cadiz managed to win all these games, uh, and yet every no. time they get the possession, they basically just kick it away. Uh, it's, they're averaging 20, 26% percent possession, yeah. <laughs> and they and not only that, they they had twenty seven percent possession. Against Abar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they got properly Abard, Abar, didn't they? Abar <laughs> don't want seventy three percent possession. Yeah. They're thinking, what, what do we do with this? Like and actually Abar didn't do anything. It was like, Oh, what should we do? Should we play four four two? Should we play four three three? Should we play at the back into midfield? Uh, what what do we do with all this ball? it's astonishing what Cadiz are doing. And uh, do you know I can't actually it's my opinion. I still think they're going to be in a relegation battle. Right. Okay. Right. So you think that's a bit. If you look at if if the stats boys got hold of it, it'll be like yeah, really small xg and all of that. So they, I mean, they basically they counterattacked very. Well, in, but they don't. Right. But they they, <laughs> they, they got too right. That's my, they? that's my theory. That's my theory that that they're not an attacking counterattacking team with pace. Right. Yeah. So when they do break, they're not even quick enough to hurt you. Yeah. But they do. Twice a game or once a game. Um, so, I mean, Lozano and the Gredo up front, they barely touched the ball and the Gredo scored. Yeah. You know, the second goal from Selby Sanchez was a better, quicker counter-attack. But it, it's it's astonishing what they're doing and that cannot go on. Yeah. Um, they can be hard to beat, but I don't see the Gredo getting a, a, a loads of chances. I don't see Lozano, Anthony Lozano getting loads of chances. They're a hard-working team. They're, but I, if I could see evidence that they're quick, don't be you know be careful because they'll draw you in and hit you on a quick counterattack. They don't, but somehow they do. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this materialises over the season. But the points they're accumulating so far, 
14 points, um, I, I will end. Yes. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll see how it goes on as the season progresses. Um, <laughs> right. So he's, he's a team that can't get the points that we keep thinking that they will. Sevilla, who a few weeks ago we were thinking, oh, this could be Sevilla's year, they could be winning the league. But uh, there we are, beaten 2 1 by uh, Athletic. Third defeat on the trot yeah. as well in the Liga. That, that's that's damaging. We, we're talking about you know a team that we genuinely thought, and not just us. I think that the popular opinion was they could challenge. Um, sort of re- the performance against Bayern Munich where they're unlucky to lose. The performance against Bayern Munich where they they uh, against Barcelona where they got a good draw away from home. Then they lose to Granada, Hetafe, and Athletic Bilbao who have been struggling to win games. So. They don't get the ball in the box enough, Sevilla. And when they do, there's not enough players in there. It helps at the weekend, and Nesri playing slightly to the left of De Jong. Yeah. Um, but they, from then on, they didn't get the ball in the box enough. So that was the, the problem for Sevilla at the weekend. And then from 60 minutes on, Athletic had nothing to lose. Started putting on some substitutions, being a bit more daring in their play, and Sevilla tired. And before you know it, the momentum was firmly with... Athletic club and you know two of the subs got goals, so Sevilla should have wrapped that game up by half time, but they didn't. Just the one goal lead, you can never write off Athletic Bilbao. So um, tough defeat for Sevilla in a game they probably should have won but didn't. But that's now three defeats on the trot. Can't afford many more, otherwise they're not going to be um, battling away at the top of the league for the title. Uh, we... It's hardly unlikely now, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, we finally saw the Elche that we were all expecting, Terry, at the at the weekend. Uh, well beaten uh, by Real Betis by three goals to one. Yep, and I praised the manager and we're on about playing, having a settled system, the players embracing it and picking it up quickly. So what did he do at the weekend? Changed it and played a flat back five. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the heat map was just outside their, their own penalty box for the first hour of the game. And the game was lost. Yeah. Betis loved it. Um, it was a flat back five playing an offside trap that Teo could beat comfortably. Um, so LJ looked a, a sorry mess at the weekend. Sanabria, the first of the strikers to score this season. Teo with a couple of goals. He also made Sanabria's. So Betis looked much better at the weekend. That was an interesting stat about Nino, wasn't it? And what yes, yes. The longest gap between two players. First playing, was it their first game they played against yeah, each other? Yeah, so they, they last went head to head 20 years ago, didn't they? And then, and then they were back again, yeah. <laughs> so it was a, a tribute to a 39 and 40 year old that are still going strong, but uh, Betis were good. Yeah, uh, yeah good summary. Um, they and then one more game because we were talk we're recording this Monday afternoon, so we we haven't seen the the, the Monday night game. But uh, Granada won, Levante won. You mentioned the red cards, Terry. It was, it was you know the red card was huge in this game, wasn't it? After uh, Machis had given Granada the lead. Yes, Machis scores in seven minutes, and Granada were on fire, yeah. playing really well. And in sixteen minutes, in Gonalons, it deserved it. It was a bad tackle. Studs up, slightly over the top to the side. Um, on Ruben Rochina, terrible challenge, straight red card. And, of course, the game changes then, doesn't it? Because it's not just you, you're not just playing with 10. You're, you're working out in your mind how long is 75 minutes plus added on time. You're going to be a man down. And from then on, it was just a question of could Granada survive? In fairness, they only conceded from a header from a corner. Open play, Levante didn't do enough. And by the end of the game, Levante looked as if they were quite happy not to get beat, which is a worry because... 
I, I expect better from Levente. So, no, it was a, a hard-earned point for Granada. Um, you consider playing 75 minutes in all the games they've been playing. And another game coming up this week in the Europa League. Levante should have taken advantage of that, but couldn't. Yes, right. I think we'll leave it there, everybody. So thank you to our Patreons, patreon.com forward slash LTEL. Um, and we will be back. So obviously, the European games keep on coming thick and fast for the time being. I mean, who knows what will happen in, in subsequent weeks. But while the football is around, we will be talking about the football. And even when the football isn't around, we'll, we'll still talk about old football or something because um, we like that sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, so Patreons, watch out for that later in the week. And everybody, we will be back with another podcast next week. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.